June 29th. And as we look into the New Testament reading for today, we'll be narrating from the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 13 through 41. And we read in this chapter that the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Now, we may ask, when does this happen? Well, it happens when we confirm our faith. You see, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Many people think they are converted, but do not have the Spirit's witness within. Paul could not build a church on men with an inadequate spiritual experience. And you know what? Neither can we today. We must be honest with God. It happens when we confess our sins. That's what happens uh, when the word of the Lord grows mightily and prevails, when we confess our sins. The devil, see, is a great imitator, great counterfeiter. But in this case, his attempt was a humiliating failure. The Lord used it for good because the believers became convicted about their secret sins and confessed them. Then the Spirit could work in mighty power and the word increased. And when we confront the enemy... Paul did not openly attack their idolatry by picketing the temple of Diana or petitioning the city government. No, he simply shared the word and lives were changed. Of course, the real issue was money, not religion. Paul was wise not to go into the theater, although we admire him for his courage. But the riot only called attention to the gospel and gave the believers more opportunity to witness. Circumstances that look like obstacles are really opportunities when you let God work. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. June 29th, Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 41. A team of Jews who were traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits, tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus. The incantation they used was this, I command you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But when they tried it on a man possessed by an evil spirit, the spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? And he leaped on them and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house, naked and badly injured. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus, to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing magic brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely, and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt impelled by the Holy Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Achaia before returning to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, on ahead to Macedonia, while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. But about that time, serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way. It began with Demetrius, a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing silver shrines of the Greek goddess Artemis. He kept many craftsmen busy. He called the craftsmen together, along with others employed in related trades, and addressed them as follows. Gentlemen, 
You know that our wealth comes from this business. As you have seen and heard, this man Paul has persuaded many people that handmade gods aren't gods at all. And this is happening not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire province. Of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will lose its influence and that Artemis, this magnificent goddess worshipped throughout the province of Asia and all around the world, will be robbed of her prestige. At this, their anger boiled, and they began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! A crowd began to gather, and soon the city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go in, but the believers wouldn't let him. Some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, also sent a message to him, begging him not to risk his life by entering the amphitheater. Inside, the people were all shouting, some one thing and some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. Alexander was thrust forward by some of the Jews, who encouraged him to explain the situation. He motioned for silence and tried to speak in defense. But when the crowd realized he was a Jew, they started shouting again and kept it up for two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! At last, the mayor was able to quiet them down enough to speak. Citizens of Ephesus, he said, everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Since this is an indisputable fact, you shouldn't be disturbed, no matter what is said. Don't do anything rash. You have brought these men here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken against our goddess. If Demetrius and the craftsmen have a case against them, the courts are in session and the judges can take the case at once. Let them go through legal channels, and if there are complaints about other matters, they can be settled in a legal assembly. I'm afraid we're in danger of being charged with rioting by the Roman government, since there is no cause for all this commotion. And if Rome demands an explanation, we won't know what to say. Then he dismissed them, and they dispersed. I was so confused by this passage for so long until I realized that the enemy will always attack what is most valuable to you. The Bible says that Jesus allowed the demons to leave the man and enter the pigs. When the demons went in to the pigs, the first thing they did was throw them over the cliff and drown them. First of all, can we make a note of how strong this man was that he survived something day and night that killed 2,000 pigs in one moment? They didn't get it. Touch the person next to you and say, if you knew what I've been through, you would be surprised I look as good as I look. Don't let this smile fool you. I fought for this faith. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about these pigs. 
which represented the economy of the region. The devil knows where to hit you, where it will hurt. And when Jesus healed the man, it killed the pigs. So the devil knew if we can get in those pigs, which the people of this region depend on for their economy, if we can take what's most important to them and attack it, they will send Jesus away. The enemy knows what's most important to you, and that's where he will attack you the hardest. He knows where your pigs are. He knows where your pride is. He knows your points of pain. He knows where your pressure is. He knows where your prize is. He knows exactly where to hit you, where it will hurt the most. And when the people heard about the man, they were fine with it. But when they heard about the pigs, they said, Jesus, please leave. Why? When the enemy hits you in the place that you value the most, your tendency is going to be, if it's going to be like this, I don't want God in my life. That's why he's been attacking your kids lately. Because he knows if he can't get to you, he's got to get to you through your kids. The enemy knows exactly where to hit you. He knows where your insecurities are. He knows what happened to you when you were 12. He knows what's going to keep you in a state of anxiety. He knows where you keep your hurt. So he's going to hit you in the places in your life and your heart that matter to you the most. So you will press away from Jesus. The demons knew if we hit the pigs, they'll send Jesus away. And that's exactly what they did. Because the enemy only attacks what is valuable. Now here's, here's the good news about that principle. If he's attacking you, and if he only attacks what's valuable... Guess what that means about you? Come on, I've been telling you since I announced my title. You must be... There must be something about you that the demons know that you don't even know about you yet. They must know that if you ever get loose and free and forgiven and full of the Spirit of God, you're about to do some damage to the darkness. Hey, thanks for watching. If you Today, we're reading in Psalm 147, verses 1 through 20. Praising the Lord is the highest exercise of your faculties. He is worthy of praise, and you should praise Him whether or not you think your praise is accomplishing anything in your life. However, there are some blessings that come to those who worship Him in truth. You know, praise brings spiritual beauty to God's people. It builds His work and unifies His people. Praise heals the inner person and lifts the fallen. Praise is good medicine. Praise makes God's world real and personal to you, even uh, the storms, and uh, it's great protection against the enemy. 
praise pleases the Lord and enables Him to work in your life. Praise must never become a pragmatic device just for getting something from God, you know, getting God's blessings. When you sincerely praise Him, the blessings will come. Praise changes things, and it changes people. Psalm 147, verses 1 through 20. Praise the Lord! How good it is to sing praises to our God! How delightful and how right! The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord! His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but He brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God, accompanied by harps. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the green grass grow in mountain pastures. He feeds the wild animals, and the young ravens cry to him for food. The strength of a horse does not impress him. How puny in his sight is the strength of a man! Rather, the Lord's delight is in those who honor him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem! Praise your God, O Zion! For he has fortified the bars of your gates and blessed your children within you. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies you with plenty of the finest wheat. He sends his orders to the world how swiftly his word flies. He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hail like stones. Who can stand against his freezing cold? Then, at his command, it all melts. He sends his winds and the ice thaws. He has revealed his words to Jacob, his principles and laws to Israel. He has not done this with any other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18, verses 4 and 5. A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. It is wrong for a judge to favor the guilty or condemn the innocent.